you have your Bibles, I'm reading from the book of Romans chapter 13. If you don't have your Bibles, I would encourage you to bring a Bible to church. Now, I know many of you have iPods and iPads and Samsungs and tablets. I would just like to say that the book is nice to have. And if you, if you like your, your uh, electronic device, then I, I will submit to that. But I do like the pages. I like to hold the book. The book is something about the book. And so if you, uh, if you would oblige me, just bring the book. If you don't have a thin one, bring the big family 10-pound Bible. I wish that somebody would bring the family Bible to church. I want to see a whole church full of family Bibles. I'd like you to carry the family Bible into Java Hot and just throw it down on the table there. It'll make a ruckus. You know the family Bible with all the weddings and funerals and genealogy of your long-lost cousins. All the maps. Romans chapter 13, just a handful of verses there in your reading. Verse number 11. Are you ready? And that, knowing the time, Does anybody know the time? Could we at least be aware of the time? Does anybody know the time that it is? Please don't look at your watch or your cell phone. Because the time in which we speak of is far different. The gravity of the time is upon us right now. Do you feel it in the spirit world? Knowing the time, that now it is, maybe in our vernacular it would have been more than appropriate. Or in, It's an emergency. It's urgent. It's high times. It's past the point. To awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. You've got to cast off the works of darkness. It is something that must be deliberate. It is an intentional action of your life. And if you're going to have light, you have to put it on. It is a deed done. It is an action desired. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting or drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife or envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Oh, God, help us. I'm praying that some prophet, some preacher, some minister, some evangelist, 
some prophetic word would rise up in this frail frame that stands before you that the Shekinah glory might utter his word through my lips of clay so that people would be called out of darkness into a light so that somebody might be pulled from the flames tonight somebody might be saved so that our city might be saved so that somebody here tonight would not be lost and engulfed in the darkness that is surrounding us I wish someone would lift up your voices and your hands right now and have God to anoint us with the Holy Ghost. Anoint us with the Holy Ghost. Thank you. If you put your Bibles down for a moment, now let's clap our hands and shout with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, lift it up to the Lord now. your mouth shouting out to the Lord hallelujahs glory wonderful thank you you may be seated for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a promise from the word. We are but a breath away from those most recognizable words of Jesus that have come to represent the hope of modern Christianity. These words are perhaps the most identical words of the Lord Jesus Christ among this generation. But there is more than just John chapter 3 verse 16 in this conveyance that we need to know. That verse lies within the confines of the Lord's message and it demands our attention. Jesus speaks through with a clear and Concise message about condemnation versus life. In verse 17, he says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then verse 18, just two verses away from from the most popular verse, Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And already the atmosphere and the tone of the Master's voice has begun to change. While a million readers commence and conclude with this single verse of John chapter 3 verse 16. There is more than just that single scripture which speaks to the mind of our Lord Jesus as regards our lives. For those who believe there is life. If you believe, there is life. But Jesus also spoke of death. He talked of condemnation, and he did so in this way. He said in verse 19, 16, 17, 18, and now verse 19, this is the verdict, he said, light has come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. 
And then he said, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds would be exposed. This is the verdict that light has come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light. If you put it into context, John 3.16 is not alone. It's not just a, a verse that ends and concludes with great joy, but there's something beyond believing. Now he introduces condemnation and a world that is seduced and loves the darkness. So while there is sufficient hope through belief, a verdict has been rendered, sent out by the Lord because there are so many people who love the darkness. Think of it. All of those who have closed the book at the end of verse 16 or even 17, never to read the full thought of life and death, forgiveness and condemnation. Oh, you have no idea what Jesus was really saying. Yes, while there is belief and there is eternal life, there is also death because people love darkness. We are but a breath away from great joy and great promise of this eternal life. When the Lord provokes the image of great darkness, it is the reality of our world. It is an affidavit, evidence that some will always love the darkness. They want it. They eat its bread and drink its drink. They embrace it. They love the darkness and irrespective of our desire that they would be saved. They will not come to the truth. They will not step into the light because they love the deeds of the darkness and all that it provides. There are many, no matter how hard we try, no matter how many days of fasting and prayer, they do not want to be saved. They love to be lost because they hate the light and they embrace the darkness. Some, regardless of how often we gather for prayer and fasting, will hold to the darkness because darkness, dear saints, has an allure all its own that cannot be pried away from the sinful seeking soul. Darkness, its cold hands are an affliction to the mind and the body of every person who embraces it. And I wouldn't be worth my salt as a minister of this great, as a minister of this great gospel if I did not stand here even but for a moment in your hearing and warn you that the darkness of this world is a force that you cannot afford to play around with. Don't play with the darkness. It'll consume you. It'll overtake you. It'll put its claw on you and you will not get out. You think it's for a moment, but it's not for a moment. I want to stand here and say as an oracle of God, get away from the darkness. Run, run, run. You gotta flee the darkness. And I know how dangerous it is for any pastor or preacher to name specifics. I'm a little hesitant in pointing out any specifics for the sake of excusing those to whom it does not apply. But just let me say that when Walmart or Kmart or Target begins to sell Ouija boards, it might look benign, but just because it's common doesn't make it less evil. Just because there's a thousand of them lining shelves in some game store, it doesn't make it less evil. Just because it's frequent, the devil is still working through all the devices of the, of the darkness. Oh! Darkness is creeping. It's a strong force. It rides every opportunity of our lives so it can fit snugly into our living. And when it wraps around your spirit, it spreads its infection throughout your thinking and your actions. I wonder if I can stand here and just be the apostolic preacher God called me to be and say to you, 
And I'm not preaching to young people alone. I'm preaching to every man and woman. You ought to run. You ought to flee. You ought to get up and you ought to get rid of everything that's darkness. Hear me. Darkness is at hand. It's an old saying from God to Cain. He said, if thou dost well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. God said, it desires to have you. Hear me. Every person, no matter how many years you've been serving God or what you're doing, sin is always crouching at the door, waiting to get in. As long as you open it up, it'll find refuge. You've got to close Close the door. You got to run from sin and darkness. It's among us. Darkness. The longer you entertain sinful things, the longer you entertain sin at its core, and the more you violate the terms of the Holy Ghost inside of you, which demands of you a holy life, and the more you excuse the content and the context of the sinful world, the more you will be consumed by the darkness. Here, the darkness, it never stays stagnant. It's like a water. It's always seeping through cracks. It's always pushing. It's always pressing, forcing its way into every little part, every little crevice. Whatever room you give the darkness, it will take that and then it'll take more. It is never satisfied. It has a hunger that cannot be satisfied with anything that you offer it. Paul warned the church in Thessalonica about these last days. He said of those who had received the truth and did not love the truth, they got it and then they didn't love it because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Think about it. They had the truth. They had the revelation of this holy God and this holy way, but they didn't love it. They didn't embrace it. They traded the truth for a lie. They exchanged the light for the darkness and in the end, God sent them a strong delusion so that the lie felt and sounded like the truth. Darkness felt just like the light. And the last verse tells you how and why. Because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. And I'm preaching tonight to save you from the closing darkness. The more you entertain the darkness, the less you're going to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I like to dispel a little darkness and it's poison. And I like to stand and shine the light of our God. I, so just let me tell you again, our God is a holy God. And somebody is going to have to turn on the light. If you want to get rid of darkness, you're going to have to turn on the light. When you get home, I'll tell you what you do. You open up your Bibles and you turn off everything else and you read a little scripture. That's how you get the light on in your home. If you're in your car, you turn off everything else. Put on a little gospel music. Put a little Jesus on. If you're in your bedroom, put a little Jesus on. If you're in your marriage, have a little Jesus in your marriage. And with your children, talk about God. Talk about the church. He's a holy God. When Moses saw that burning bush, it was not unusual. Intense desert heat and flames, all susceptible materials. The difference in this bush was not that it was burning. It was that it was not consumed. It burned past the point of its mass. It burned past the point of its hard material offering. It burned like a lighted torch fed fed by a fuel tank. And when that unsuspecting Moses walked over to it, God's bellowing voice echoed out of the 
flame and told Moses to take his shoes off because he placed, he stood on ground that was holy ground. God said, where you're standing, it's holy ground. Ground. It's a small but pertinent point. Wherever God exists, it's holy ground. And you can't stroll through his presence without a demand on the way you walk. He's a holy God. He is the light that has come into this world. His light is a holy light. His presence is a holy presence. Even his word is a sword that Hebrews calls sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible depicts it more like a scalpel, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner. The word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hear me. The word knows what you're thinking. His word, this living word. It is a living word. It is a living document. It comes to separate light from darkness. Holy things from unclean things. James beckons every would-be believer to come to God. But James said that there are requirements when you do. He said, draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to you. And here are the requirements. Cleanse your hands and you sinners and purify your hearts ye double-minded. Let me tell you right now, we gotta get holy. We gotta stand up for light. This is a dark world. I'll read it to you. I asked the question and I'll read it now. How far can we push the envelope? This is your bulletin from this morning. How far can we push the envelope before we leave the realm of decency? I wrote to you today that that question is probably long overdue in the wake of pornographic magazine covers which line the shelves of our grocery aisles. Music and movies that redefine sexual relationships and the open, acceptable affairs of the famous. It seems that our society has long since forgotten the commandments of God. The new norm, or what is culturally permissible, includes sex outside of marriage, pregnancies outside of wedlock, bi and homosexual relationships, sexting, and other perverse behaviors. Anyone outside the norm is considered passe. Pulpits no longer speak against such things so as not to alienate the larger majority of its members or attenders. They know that everyone is connected to someone who lives in these new norms. So the church now copes through the rationale of their lowest common denominator instead of rebuking sin that is, at least we're not as bad as someone else. Or everybody has faults, don't you know, Pastor? Everybody. Coping mechanisms entail sermons which are centered on community involvement and treating one another and attitude attributes, all of which I submit to you are good in their place. However, the sin issue is a decay destroying all of this generation from young to old. I don't know what is the greater American drug afflicting our society. Sports or sex both rely heavy worship on the body and the temporal thrill they bring, but don't look for that message to be preached by today's Charlie. Popular preachers won't touch Paul's list of the works of the flesh found in Galatians chapter 5 because it bothers the sinner and it lowers their church attendance. It's always easier to deal with the intangibles that are abstract than to preach the laws of God which speak to the specifics of alcohol, perversions, family order, and so much more. For those 
who erroneously think that it's only about what's in your heart, then know this. Noah built an ark, but he did not pitch tar on the inside of that ark only before the flood. He did so on the outside as well, filling in every crack so they might survive. I'm standing here to say that real Christianity is pursuing holiness inside and out. It is striving to be like our holy God. I wonder, how can a person claim Christ and still read or watch Fifty Shades of Grey, a heavy pornographic publication or move and movie? I'm astounded that we actually have to warn the blood-bought to abstain from Hollywood's debaucheries. I can't even imagine how Holy Ghost-filled people expect eternal life when they fill their minds with garbage of this world. Did we forget that nothing unclean is going to enter the gates of heaven? His bride is going to be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I've already lost about half of you because you don't want it. You love to embrace your darkness. You're already trying to figure out how you get around it. But I'm going to stand up here and say, let the light shine. Let the light. I'm reproving the darkness. You better chase out the darkness. Tell me, where do the preachers go that used to preach hellfire and brimstone? I'll tell you what happened. We got soft. We thought somebody was going to take their money and leave. Hear me? If you don't want the light, you can take your money. It'll send you to hell. You better get in the light. Get in the light. Get in the light. Get in the light. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes! Here's my next line, and pardon my sarcasm. If I'm ambiguous in any way, please let me know so that we can meet personally. I certainly don't want anyone to misread my intentions. I'm looking for a spiritual church, not a superficial social club. I know I'm not the only one. Somebody ought to shout out, you want a spiritual church. Surely this is not the place where you, get, you, you find a date and you find out somebody's going to go to one restaurant. Surely this is not the place where we come just to touch neighbors and connect and, and have a network so that our businesses grow and our kids have a little fun. Hear me, mom and dad, you better love God more than your children because if they say, I don't like that church anymore, you better say, we're not going there so you can like it. We're going there so you can be saved. Hey, shame on you, mom and dad, for bringing your kids to church because they like the youth group. You ought to bring them because you want them to escape the darkness.
Are you telling me? Are you telling me that you're so fickle that if they break up with their boyfriend, you're going to go find another place? You better get your head screwed on straight. The darkness is over going to overcome you. not the time to play church it's not the time to tip around the moral degradation of our day it's time for a revival of godliness and decency and I'm just one voice crying out he's a holy God and if we desire to be saved I wrote then we must submit ourselves to a life of holiness and godliness in this present world. Excuses and lies, dear friends, will not save you. we got to go back to the scripture that says it will make us wise unto salvation. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. If, in fact, we are the light of the world, set on a city set on a hill that can be hid, then why are we trying to hide so? Why does the church constantly try to chase after the influences of people and styles and fashions of our society? If we are the light of the world and if our God is a holy God, why are we afraid to confront such gross darkness? Hear me, there is a backlash. I feel it against holiness like never before. It's so apparent that we have to sidestep all kinds of issues and conversations that ought to be going out. How about, the, how about the unwed pregnancies that happen? Of course a child is from God. Of course there's forgiveness in the church. Of course we walk through and celebrate every baby. I don't care how they come, we're celebrating the baby. That's a life of God. Keep the baby. Love the baby. We're going to love you. We're going to love every mother. We're going to love every un- unwed mother but I'd like to give a gift to every young man and every young lady who lived in the light and were virgins when they got married what happened when holiness has to be hidden and perverseness is openly displayed even for me To stand up and say the word virginity is like a curse word today. It's taboo. I've read the counterpoint which says that if I speak about virginity, it alienates the larger majority of those who are not. So for the sake of sin, for the sake of darkness, and the mounting pressures not to offend and not to confront wrong actions and perverse ways, we have hidden the light that commands us to take off our shoes And walk as wise and not as fools. If there is no light, then darkness is going to take control. And for all of you who take a back seat to God the living and take a back seat to confronting darkness, Paul piles on when he says about the children of disobedience. He writes in Ephesians 5 and 7, Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. It gets worse for all of you pacifiers out here. I want to just speak to you. Because Paul said that we must, and I say, prove what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. What happened was you closed the book when you got done with John 3.16 and you forgot to read three more verses. That men love darkness rather than light and they were condemned by it. 
I just want you to know, God will never lower the bar because of you. He's not going to lower the bar because it's a new day. He's not going to lower his expectations of the church because it's 2015. He ain't going to lower it when it's 2016 or 17. He's not going to lower the bar because some of us have a little bit different ideas or because some of us have a little bit other things going on. He's not going to lower the bar just because you have a little talent. He won't lower the bar because your mom and dad and your grandfather and your grandpappy were saved and now you're a third or fourth generation. He ain't lowering the bar. You're not getting in on anybody else's name or anybody else's sacrifice. I know I'm an old-time preacher. You just let this old-time preacher preach because I'm standing up for light. I'm rebuking the darkness. I'm saying, come on, church. We are a city. We are a light. We cannot afford to be hid. Here's my great concern. My concern is that we know how to play apostolic dress up. So we put on our apostolic garb when we come to church. All the while darkness has overtaken us. And instead of standing up for truth and light, we become a weak people who are learning how to tolerate darkness for the sake of someone's feelings. Oh, I'm preaching tonight, man. I'm I'm gonna tell you, you may not know it, I'm on fire. I got a burning fire in my feet. It's going right up my spine, right through my head. I can barely see out of my eyeballs because I know right now the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I'm preaching to you. I'm calling out of darkness. I'm saying to this world, you get behind me, Satan. This church is going to be a church of light. We're going to be a church of the light. God is going to shine. That's what the warriors used to do before they went into battle. They just shout out, oh, oh, here we come, devil. Oh, you cannot have our children. You cannot have our marriage. You cannot have our babies. You cannot have our loved ones. You cannot have this church. You cannot have this Holy Ghost. You cannot have this truth. Come on, light, light. and philosophy and skepticism. I come to you in the name of the Lord. You come to me with evolution and philosophy, but I come to you with Genesis. God created in the beginning. God created.
What did he say? I love thy law. I love thy law. Here, pastor. Carnal fathers and carnal mothers create carnal sons and carnal daughters. Hear me? Tearless dads always lead stubborn children. Don't argue with me right now. Worldly mothers create lust-filled daughters. Because darkness always begets darkness. Darkness never produces light. That's why you got to get in the light. Oh! That the darkness might be conquered. You don't know how dark it can be. The world is dark. Somebody give me some light. I got to have some doctrine. I got to have some Holy Ghost. I feel the darkness of this world and the pleasures of this world. And I say, oh, let there be light. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let the light of the truth be heard among the children. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You're going to talk to your kids about it when you're sitting in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise up and train up a child in the way he should go. And when he was old, he shall not depart. Save every generation and every family. Oh, that the light might emanate from every blood-bought child of the king. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Having therefore blessed promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Darkness! But I see the name of Jesus, and the name of Jesus is a light. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How? I'm pushing back the darkness. The darkness is suffocating. But I see the light of praise and worship saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory. Oh, oh. I see the darkness of skepticism flooding our public schools and our universities and our colleges, choking out belief. But I see the light of faith conquering the darkness. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I see the darkness trying to make its way into this house of prayer. But I see the light of intercession echoing out of that prayer room behind me. Pray without ceasing. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I see the darkness of sensuality and seductiveness swarming. Old and young. But I see the light of the beauty of holiness. Given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord (laughs) in the beauty of holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Oh, that the light might reprove the darkness. It's time to awake. It's high time. Now is the day. The night is far spent. And we are pushing it back. We're pushing it back. We're pushing it back. Every word of praise. Every clap offering. Every scripture. Every moment of worship. We're pushing it back. Push it back right now with your praise, with your life. Oh, come on out of your mouth, say it. Oh, grab somebody right now, close to you, grab somebody. We can't live in the darkness. You'll die in the darkness. Oh! Oh! Bring light into my life. Let your light shine in my life. Every child of God every person hunger for the Lord, hungry for the Lord, you ought to out of your mouth pray, Lord, don't let me get lost in the darkness. Don't let me get lost in the darkness. Don't let me get lost in the darkness. Help me keep the light glowing. Help me keep the light burning. <laughs> 